0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're going to continue our series that we started last week, uh, Solution, Solutions to the Soul. And I've actually got part two that I'm going to be sharing with us this morning what you have to understand is that the heart behind this series is to remind us that God wants every area, everybody say every, every area of our life to prosper. He not only wants to make you holy, but He wants to make you whole. And last week, Tony referred to the scripture in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5, verse 23, it says, May God Himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together spirit, soul and body and keep you fit for the coming of our Master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If He said it, He'll do it. Last week, Tony reminded us that we are triune beings. Simply put, that means that we are body, soul and spirit. We're a spirit who owns a soul that lives in a body. And the spirit is what we would say, it's the real us. It's the part of us that lives on forever. It's the part of us that depending on decisions we make here on earth, spend eternity with God or spend eternity absent from God. It's the part, the Spirit is the part that God speaks to. And he went on to say that victory in life is dependent upon the place from which we live out of. So whether we are up and overcoming in life or whether we are down and life is on top of us, a great portion of that is based purely on where the space from which we live from. If we live out of our spirits, we are able to live victoriously but if we're living out of our souls, there's every chance that more life is happening to us rather than we are happening to life. And he just um, reminded us that to be whole, we need to live out of our spirit and not our soul. And he mentioned uh, four key things that we need to do to make sure our soul stays in the place it's supposed to be. So we need to lead our soul. We need to silence our soul. We need to speak To our soul, and we need to feed our soul. And I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning, if you weren't here last week, go to our website, you can go to our podcast channel, you can go to Podbean, iTunes, download last week's message. And even if you were here, I encourage you to download it. I believe it's one of those messages that we just have to pull out from time and time again because you have to understand that life is a wrestle, and sometimes they're up. And sometimes we're down. And I believe that the wrestle with the soul is going to be ongoing. It's going to be one day, you know what, the Spirit is alive and the Spirit is leading and the Spirit's conquering. And there are other times and we've just let life get on top of us and we start living from the place of the soul. So I want to encourage you, go download that message because it's just going to help you and be able to refer back to it and back to it again and again. But one of my favourite um, preachers, Darius Daniels, he has a quote that says... It won't, if we don't manage our feelings, they'll manage us. And if our feelings manage us, we'll mismanage our lives. And I believe there are many people and even Christians who live mismanaged lives, not because God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for them, not because God hasn't equipped them, but simply because they're being led by their souls. They're being led by their mind, their will, their emotions. And last week's message, Tony laid a great foundation of what we need to do to put our soul in place so our spirit can lead. But over these next couple of weeks, what we felt to do as a preaching team is we want to talk about some of the most common dispositions that our souls adopt and then how we can address that. Because if it's a reality that we struggle, whether it's our soul leading or it's times our spirit spirit is leading, there are some dispositions our soul adopts. And and the uh, Bible says that we're not to be unaware. See, the enemy is a created being. He hasn't got any new tricks up his sleeve. He has to use all the same old ones. And we, if we were smart, would understand... Ah, this is what he does. This is how he gets my soul to lead instead of my spirit to lead. And so this whole series is about us equipping you so you can identify, actually, that's where my soul is right now. And here's what I need to be able to address it. So this morning, I wanna look at what we've called the restless soul. I believe many of us have a restless soul. We're always searching, but never finding. And I was sharing that I had a friend who um, I met, she started to come and work with me when I was back in the workforce. And, you know, she said she'd always wanted to be in the Air Force. And so she was working with us, but she was just never satisfied. Like, you know, I'm talking to her about different things, never satisfied. And then an opportunity came up where she could get into, this, into the Air Force. And so she took the opportunity, and I remember meeting up with her sometime later, and she said, you know what? The Air Force has... it. I've still got this searching, this just... Restlessness in my soul, and she thought. I thought then it was maybe because I was single, and she got married, and I met her again. Just kept our friendship over the years, and she said, "You know, I'm married, and I love being married, and it's awesome. But I still have this restlessness. I still have this. This. I'm still not satisfied. Something missing." And then she said. I thought it was because we didn't have kids. So they had a little baby and the baby was gorgeous and they loved the baby. But I found her at this point where she was like, I'm thinking I need another baby because I still have this restlessness. And it's a picture of all of us that we are always searching but never finding. We're always interested in everything. But satisfied by nothing. I mean, you see that at Christmas time with your kids and that unwrapped presents. They last a bit, but you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Always interested in everything, satisfied by nothing. Have an inward churning. We're anxious. We're tense. We're worried. We're concerned. Our minds just do not know how to shut down. And even at night, internally, our soul does not rest. It's what we would call a restless soul. Now I don't want you to show me by way of raised hands, but I can pretty much guarantee that some of those things I've mentioned we can identify with. And go, oh, yeah, that's just nailed me. Oh, that's me. That's where I am. And I understand that all of us would un, would know and agree. There would be a, a wise man or woman who would disagree with this statement, but we all understand the necessity of rest. For our bodies. I mean, there was a day in a thinking many, many years ago, you know, you went flat out 24 7, seven days a week, 52 weeks of a year, 80 plus years, however long you, and you just go, go, go. And with learning and knowledge and science, we've discovered actually that's not the smartest way to do life. We understand, it would, be a, it would be a brave person who would say, no, I don't agree that we need to have rest for our body. We all understand, no, we need rest for our body. Well, I'm here to let us know this morning, just as our body needs rest, our souls need rest. It's not just bodies that need rest, our souls need rest. Which raises the question this morning, where do we find rest for our souls? Well, Psalm 62, verse 1 tells us, My soul finds rest in God alone. There is nowhere else, according to scripture, that you and I can find rest other than in God alone. My soul, my will, my mind, my emotions, the things that are driving me, the things that are concerning me, only find rest in God. In other words, there's no person, there's no relationship, there's no husband, there's no wife, there's no baby, there's no relationship, no person, there's no thing, there's no experience. Oh, I've walked the Eiffel Tower, I've crossed the Sydney Harbour Bridge, I've done the Himalayas. There's no experience, there's no holiday, there's no dream home, there's no amount of money, There's no ATAR score for our Year 12s. There's no certain course. There's no um, epitome of retirement age. There's no vocation. There's nothing, nothing, nothing other than God alone that can bring rest to your soul. My soul finds rest in Him alone. St. Augustine said it best when he said to God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds its rest in you. So, if true rest is found only in God, how do we rest in God? I'm so glad you asked me this morning. The solution for our restless souls is found in Psalm 46:10, where he says, "Be still, And know that I am God. The first solution to your restless soul is to be still. Notice that the psalmist doesn't say, be busy and know that I am God, be productive and know that I am God, fulfill your to do list. And know that I am God. Do everything you think I want you to do and know that I am God. Cross every T and dot every I and know that I am God. Fulfil every commandment, which by the way is impossible, but know that I am God. Do not, don't be anxious and know that I am God. Don't be all ed up and concerned and worried on the inside and know that I am God. He says, be still and know The word still is in the translation of the Hebrew word rapa, meaning to slacken, let down or cease. It's a call for you and I to cease our striving and rest. God says, be still. And when I read that and I read the description, I always see a picture of something that happens to me annually. Now I was reading this week and I don't know what day it is so I don't actually know what the countdown is now but I think I read it's 66 days till Christmas. 66 days. 66 days till Christmas. Which means that the old, uh, on the 19th of November, it's the pageant which means that it's rainbow tradition to put the Christmas tree up. Now I don't know about you but I hate putting the Christmas tree up. Jesus, I love Christmas. I hate putting the Christmas tree out. And there's one reason why. And it's a little thing called fairy lights. And it doesn't matter what system I put in place to make sure when they came off at the end of 2016, to make sure that they are done nicely and they're folded or they're rolled or however it is so that when I take them out in 2017 in preparation to put them on my Christmas tree, that they don't look like I just yanked them off and threw them in a box. Every year without fail. So you get the Christmas tree lights out of the box. And then you think, right, so before I'm even gonna start to lay these suckers on the tree, I'm gonna lay them out. So we run up and down our passage, just laying them out, making sure they're not tangled, making sure they're right. And then you think, okay, it's good to go. And so then you get to the Christmas tree and you start, whether you start at the top or the bottom, that's completely up to you. And then you start to ravel, Around and you're just gradually wrapping these lights. You're getting really creative. This branch over, under, over, under. However, you do it, I don't, whatever. But inevitably, always, every year, without fail, you're going, oh, watch, can you look back and there, for some reason, these beautiful little, tiny little crystal little lights <laughs> have got into a I don't know, they've got a vendetta. They're just like, let's gather together, let's clump around and let's get tangled. And you just, and the more you go, if I just yank it, they'll just come out and we'll be, keep going and you're yanking and it's time the tree's gone this way and you're yanking that way. And I just learned what I have to do is to undo the knot is I've got to come back and unravel some of what I've already done so that I have some slack. Because the knot won't come out unless there's a loosening or a slacking, unless there's a ceasing of activity. And there are many of us here today who live with a churning and a knot and an anxiety and an anxiousness. And God is saying to us this morning, the solution for your soul is to be still, to loosen off, to relax, to let some space come in. We often interpret still as being quiet in God's presence. And while quietness, I believe, is helpful and there's a place for it, the phrase that we're referring to this morning is not about being quiet. It's not about motionless being still. It's about stopping frantic activity. It's about letting go go and getting some slack into your life so that you can have slack in your soul. And you know what you have to understand? Is that's not natural. It is, we're just not naturally wired that way. I don't know about you, but it, with your kids, have you ever had to teach your kids the desire and the need to be entertained? Have you had to teach them that? Now, my kids came out of the womb with that, entertain me. Let me, you know, entertain you. And then, that doesn't work. So... But you know what? It's a human nature. We are wired and we just want to be entertained. And we have, as as responsible parents, had to use and learn and teach our kids the art of being still. I've had to say to them, you know what? There's times when mum will spend some time with you. We'll do some fun things. We'll do this. But you know what? Now is the time you need to learn to be still. You need to go to your room. I don't care if you go for a sleep, I don't care if you go in there and just play and entertain yourself. I don't care if you go in there and sulk. All I know is you're going into your room because you need to have an opportunity to be still. I am teaching you something and one day your soul is going to thank me for it. So we're teaching you to be still. We're not natural at being still. And parents, this is rule number one. This isn't about parenting. But you know what? You don't have to entertain your kids 24-7. In fact, that's wrong. You need to make a space, an opportunity. They need to learn how to be still because it's a solution for our soul. And what I've learned about being still is it won't just happen. You need to be intentional. And uh, when I often prepare for my messages, I don't know what I want to speak on. I've, I've got my thoughts. I usually spend the week when I, I walk every morning with the dog And I just walk, I'm just thinking about, okay, Lord, this is where I'm thinking, this is what I think. Well, you know, speak to me because I don't want this to be my wise and persuasive words. I want this to be what you want to say to your people. And this week, one day this week, I was walking and God reminded me of something with which I want to share with you today. And Tony and I were on holidays back in, um, sometime this year, I can't remember when. It's not the point, but I am a woman and I always bring unnecessary detail. So... He came back and he did let slip that while we were on holidays, one of us received a tattoo. Now, I'm not here to ask your opinion on what you think about that. You can keep that to yourself. That's fine. But it was moi, all right? And uh, the funny thing is I had this idea of what I wanted for a tattoo, but I wanted it very fine and very delicate. And so when we went to the tattoo parlour and I'm talking to the man and he's showing me he's placing it where he's going to do, we're all ready. And then he says to me, I mean, this big tattoo man (laughs) eyeballs me and he just says, listen, whatever you do, stay still. I mean, I I think fear alone would have kept me still. (laughs) But he said, yeah, it'll sting. Sting. It'll hurt, whatever. He said, but you do not under any circumstances, do not move. He said, because it's such a fine work and it's such a straight line, it's delicate. And if you move, well, I can't tell you what he said would happen, but he said it wouldn't be nice. And I felt God say to me, the work I wanna do in my people, the work I wanna do in their soul requires them to be still because it's a delicate fine work. And if you're sitting there saying, but I've had this anxious, this churning, this and nothing works. I'm saying, God's saying, be still. Where have you positioned yourself to be still so he can come with his fine scalpel and do his fine, delicate work in your life? Matthew 11:28 says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." And I love the message translation of this. It says, "Are you tired? Are you worn out?" Are you burned out on religion? Then come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Just quickly, I want to share with you just some practical tools of how you can create a space to be still, to bring solution to your restless soul. And the first thing is you've got to have a time. It doesn't just happen. I had to set a time with my kids and say, you know what, whether it was 11 o'clock every week, whether it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, just saying, you know what, this is be still time. From this time to this time, you're going to your room and I don't want to see you. And you're going to learn to be still. And it's the same with us. You want to create some slackness in your soul so that you're not being led by your soul. It's not restless and it's overpowering your spirit. Then you need to have a time. And I'm not here to prescribe to you that it's got to be early in the morning or late. Personally, morning works for me. Because I just, I find I just get into life and if I miss the morning, it's so much harder to catch up at the end of the day. But it's not about when, it's about have you got a time? Have you made opportunity within your busy schedule to get some slack because your soul needs it? It needs you to be still and you won't be still unless you have a time. You need to have a place. Acts 16 and 16, says Paul and Silas were going to the place of prayer. Now, most of us here, we've shown here, have seen the movie, The War Room, and she has a closet which is cleared out. That's her place. You don't have to clear out your closet, but you've got to have a place, whatever that is for you, a place that you know, here's the time, here's the place. This is my intentional, I'm going to be still. That's why we sent our kids to their room. Because you know what, the lounge room with the TV's there, they could do it at the toy. It's like, no, the place of stillness, the place where you cease activity. If you want to bring a solution to the restlessness that's going on in your soul, you need to be still, you need to prioritize a time, have a place, you need to remove distractions. Again, I'm a great, I love the fact that technology is moving and you know, with the Bible nowadays, you don't have to have a paper Bible, you can get it on every device known to man. And that's amazing. The downside of that, however, is there's so many distractions that come along with that. And you have to be very, very, very disciplined to come down and grab your media device and go straight to your Word and watch that without checking your emails, what's happening in Facebook, what's happening in social media. Oh, there's some calls and some texts I need to answer. I'm not saying don't use your technical device. I'm just saying remove distractions. We're talking about how do we create space and some slackness in our soul so that peace can come and no more restlessness when we need to be still. We need to be still by having a time, having a place, um, removing distractions and make it constant. Luke 22 verse 39 says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, Olives, (laughs) Olives, and, and his disciples followed him. Other translation says, as was his custom. Make it consistent. You want to ha- bring a solution to your soul? You want to address the restlessness within your soul? You can't address it once. You can't do it just, well, things are tight and I'm really needing God to move, so now I seek his face. No, it's constant. Good days, bad days, every day in between. Make it constant. The solution for the restlessness of your soul is to be Still, a second solution is to and know. Know in this instance means to properly ascertain by seeing, to acknowledge and being aware. Again, notice that the psalmist doesn't say, hey, notice the details of every little issue that's going on in your life. Hey, notice the details of this sickness that you're you're walking through. Hey, notice the details of this financial mess in which you found yourself. Hey, notice the details of why that uh, relationship is struggling. Notice the details of why they've responded to you the way you have. No, the psalmist says, no, God. My concern for me and my concern for you is we know a lot of stuff. But we know a lot of the wrong stuff. We've got to be a people who know our God. We've got to be people who acknowledge and are aware of God. I believe our souls are restless because of the wrong knowledge of the wrong things. Now hear me. I'm not saying that you can't know about some of those things. Sometimes it's helpful. Actually, I got myself into that situation, how I got there so I can get out. I get it. But come on. It's not knowing that so much more than I actually know the God who's over the situations. And you would have heard stories, I'm sure, but for all our guests who are here for the first time, when, we had, uh, when I was pregnant with our son, Mitch, at the 18-week morphology scan, they discovered that there was an issue with his left hand. They picked up that he had no digits on his left hand and the umbilical cord was a 3 cord vessel, which they say is not usually an issue but um, it was only two cords instead of the three. I and mean, that's not normally something to be concerned about, except that they'd picked up this other problem. So they were saying, actually, based on this, Mrs. Rainbow, we strongly advise that you terminate this pregnancy. And we were like, there is absolutely no way that that is going to happen. That's just not an option for us. But I want to tell you, What I did was I... So he says to me, um, and I was saying in the chapel, one thing we often don't mention is we had a guest speaker arriving for that weekend to come and share. And so Tony had left me in the... ultrasound room because we were running late and he had to go to the airport and pick him up. So I said, you just go, I'll be fine. So we're waiting, waiting, waiting. In the end, I got dressed. I was walking out of the hospital because I'm like, they just left me, they've forgotten, typical public hospital, they've forgotten about me, I'm off. I was walking out the hospital and the man came running behind, Mrs Rainbow, Mrs Rainbow, Mrs Rainbow, come back, come back, we need to talk to you. And they took me into this room and we, they said, we need you to sit down, we need to tell you this, um, this. and they proceeded to say all this stuff and they said, we want to book you in tomorrow for a termination. And I said, whoa, whoa, ain't happening. And they were really insistent to the point where they were like, well, okay, then, you know, you're just in shock and you're just in denial. You don't really know what's happening. So how about come back on Monday, bring your husband and we'll explain it to him and then we'll, do it, we'll keep you Monday and you can do it then. And I'm realising now, he's not letting me out of this hospital. So I just said, you know what, well, Knowing in my head and in my heart, this, we're not acting on this, but I want to go home. So I said to him, okay, we will come back on the Monday. So we go back on the Monday and they, you know, I'm just going so that Tony can be the man and say, listen, buddy, back off. So then they say when they realised, okay, these guys aren't going to do anything about it, and they were quite uh, indignant and they were getting, um, just saying, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But what they said was, okay, if you're not going to have... Uh, the termination, what we strongly advise is you have an amniocentesis. And now, I don't know about you, but an amniocentesis is where they get a big needle and they shove it in your belly button so they can take some of the amniotic fluid so they could do some tests. And I went, amnio not happening. <laughs> ah, amni no. <laughs> like, but you know what? When we left that hospital, the temptation is to go home to Google and find out, okay, all the things that, because they put stuff on you. They tell you this, they tell you that. I want to tell you the solution to the soul, the restlessness in your soul is not knowing all about what they were trying to put on me. It was about knowing God. I just went, I am not going to go to Google. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to say, God, you alone know. I don't know, but you alone know. And so when we're talking about a solution for your soul, we have to remember and understand that God is omniscient which is a big word for saying he knows everything. God is there. So I said, God, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the future holds. They're telling me you might not even make it to term. They're telling me if I do make it to term, we don't know how long this baby will live. Then they're saying, well, even if he does live, then you don't know what's happening how long. You don't know what conditions. I said, God, they're right. I don't know, but God, You alone know. For me to have a peace in my soul, for me to live out of my spirit and not be restless and not be awake at night, not bring it into my everyday. I'm still a mum, I'm still a wife, I'm still a church leader. I've got commitments and things I've got to do. I can't live out of the place of my soul. I need to live out of the place of my spirit and to bring a peace. It was God, I know You. God, You know everything. You know what this means. Father, Your Word says that You've knit this child together in in my womb. Your Word says You've got a hope and a future. Your Word says I can do all things. Your Word says You won't leave me and let me abandon. So God, yes, I know that there's a problem, but I know there's a God who's a bigger God, who knows more and in who I trust in. The solution for your soul is to know God, no, he's omniscient, all knowing. No, know he's omnipresent. Again, another big word, he's everywhere. I just said, God, you're here. You're here with me in the examination room while they're saying these things. You're here with me before the doctor. You're here with me in the delivery. You'll be here with me in the future. You'll be here with me if what they're saying comes to pass. You'll be here with me to walk it through. You'll be here with me. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God not only knows about your situation, He not only cares about your situation, but He's with you in your situation. He says He'll never leave you or abandon. He doesn't forsake. There's nothing, no height, no depth, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. He's with you. Stop knowing about what you don't have and start knowing what you do have. And what you do have is an ever-present loving God who wants to do life with you. He is with you. And thirdly, He's omnipotent. Another big word to say that He's all powerful. God knows, God cares, He's there and He has the power to do what He says He'll do. There's nothing higher. There's nothing stronger. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I don't know what's causing the restlessness in your soul. But I know that there's a God we serve who has the power to bring a peace that surpasses all understanding. Has the power to bring a joy that can be your strength has the power for you to stand in the face of whatever situation and circumstance that you're facing right now. The antidote to your restless soul is to know God more, more, more than you know anything else. Doesn't mean you don't have to have some information, but know God more. And I've asked the band if they would be here this morning because I don't know... Why your soul is restless. I do know that God knows. I don't know why you're anxious, why you're confused, why you're wound up, tense, or in inward turmoil. I don't know why your soul is so busy that it's so restless. But I do know that the solution to your soul, restlessness soul is to be still and to know. And when I was prepping for this Word, I wanted to create a space where we would have an opportunity to be able to be still and know that He is God. Now, be still doesn't necessarily mean quiet. It means creating space in my soul so that God can speak. So I'm going to ask, Church, if you would stand. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.